Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Today is Monday, March 6, 2023. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. President Joe Biden goes to Selma to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. We will show you some of what he had to say, but also talk about something that's very important. That is, go to Selma once a year, but why hasn't Selma been rebuilt? Why is it that when politicians come there for their photo ops, they're not also leaving resources for the black folks who are there in Selma? John Hope Bryant, founder of Operation Hope, will join us to talk about that very issue. Speaking of economics, uh, Viacom is talking about selling a majority stake in BET. Who is being talked about as the buyer? Tyler Perry. We'll tell you about that. The Supreme Court has had to consider if there's a line between inspiration and appropriation, as they dig into Andy Warhol's silk screen portrait of a 1981 photo of Prince. We'll talk to the entertainment lawyer about intellectual property and what could be at the heart of the Supreme Court decision. Also, a lot of folks are discussing Chris Rock's live Netflix special, Selective Outrage, took place on Saturday. He talked about Will Smith, the slap of the Oscars, and other issues. Yeah, I got a few thoughts about that special, and I'll share it with you. Also, today we'll speak with a woman who is part of a 10 of the 10 percent who survived a sudden cardiac arrest. She'll detail the life-saving efforts that kept her alive to help others. It is time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop.
Folks, yesterday, uh, a number of folks gathered in Selma, Alabama for the commemoration of what took place on Sunday, March 7th, 1965. President Joe Biden, Reverend Al Sharpton, Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr., Reverend Dr. William Barber, and others were in Selma on yesterday, of course, commemorating uh, the uh, march called Bloody Sunday. The actual uh, anniversary date is in a couple of days. Of course, the day ended in violence when white state troopers and sheriff's deputies attacked, beat, and killed, uh, attacked and beat marchers. Again, it was known as Bloody Sunday, which led to, of course, uh, the signing of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Uh, before they marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, uh, President Joe Biden sp spoke to those who were gathered there in Selma. Selma is a reckoning. The right to vote. The right to vote, to have your vote counted, is the threshold of democracy and liberty. With it, anything's possible. Without it, without that right, nothing is possible. And this fundamental right remains under assault. The conservative Supreme Court has gutted the Voting Rights Act over the years. Since the 2020 election, a wave of states and dozens, dozens of anti-voting laws fueled by the big lie and the election deniers now elected to office. The new law here in Alabama, among other things, enacted a new congressional map that discriminated against black voters by failing to include what should have been a new predominantly black district. That case, as you all know better than I, is in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. And my U.S. Department of Justice has joined many of you in arguing that the map violates the Voting Rights Act. All of this after a deadly insurrection on January the 6th. We must remain vigilant. In January, I signed the Electoral Count Reform Act to protect the will of the people and the people transfer and the, and the peaceful transfer of power. We know that we must get the votes in Congress <coughs> to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act and the Freedom to Vote Act. I made it clear I will not let a filibuster obstruct the sacred right to vote, the right of any other right to vote from there. So, Biden lays all of this out. It is not anything that we have not heard before. Of course, we know right now, uh, Republicans, uh, they control the House. Democrats control the Senate. Even when Democrats control the House and the Senate, they were unable to get the John Lewis Voting, right Act, Voting Rights Act. They were unable to get uh, it, uh, the, uh, the other voting bill through both uh, chambers because they could not get past the 60 vote threshold uh, in the Senate. Now, there are many others, like Reverend Dr. William Barber, who have said that the Democrats should keep trying. They must put another bill on the floor and force Republicans to vote that particular bill down. I agree with him 100 uh, percent. He also was in Selma speaking uh, at, uh, at uh, Brown Chapel, uh, and this is what he had to say on yesterday morning. You know, I don't have a lot to say tonight. I really came to listen and to hear uh, about what's happening here in Selma and why there is such a need for a committed poor people's campaign in this state and across the South. 
I do want to say that the Bible, sometimes people say in the Bible it says the poor will be with you always. And they use that as an excuse scripture. The poor will be with you always, so therefore people are poor, it's their own fault or that's because they don't have a faith. Well, if you say people are poor because they don't have faith, then you say people are rich because they do have faith, and that ain't true. That can't be true, right? The Bible actually teaches that the poor will be with you always, and you have to continue reading because of the greed of society. That's why the poor is with us always, because of the systems that create poverty and low wealth. We, we, there are five of them, systemic racism, systemic poverty, ecological devastation, the denial of health care, the war economy, and the false narrative of religious nationalism when religion is used on the side of hate and meanness and not on the side of love. Right now in your state, there are 200,000 people that don't have health care. It's not because they don't have faith. It's because your governor and your legislature will not expand health care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we have to be very clear and careful when we talk. Poor people have always had faith. We know we're rich in faith. But uh, Jesus said, I come to preach good news to the poor, the Patokos. And he said, but then you got to heal the brokenhearted. You got to bring sight to the blind. You got to recover. You got to uh, release the captives. In other words, he says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was sick, you visited me. In other words, poverty has to be addressed by somebody doing something. It's not natural. It's not God's ordained way. In fact, the Bible says in, in Isaiah 10, woe unto those who legislate evil and rob the poor of their rights and make women and children their prey. PR, listen to that. Woe unto those who legislate evil. In other words, when, when you legislate evil, when you pass a policy that gives certain communities um, uh, investment, but other communities not, the Bible says that's evil. When you refuse to pay people a living wage for a day's work, the Bible says that's evil. That had nothing to do with their faith, right? And even if you make it up out of that, it doesn't mean folks should have to struggle like that. You know, I used to hustle pool. I ain't always been a preacher. And uh, when, when, I, when, I, when you hustle pool, you set up shots that you're not supposed to be able to make. That's how you fool people. So there, is, there are pool shots you can make by tilting the table up and you shoot from that end. If you know what you're doing, you can shoot a ball uphill. But that's not how you're supposed to play pool. The table's supposed to be flat. Well, just because some folk make it out of poverty, it doesn't mean that's how it should be. Just because they work 17 jobs and, and do it, that's not how it should be. People should make a living wage. When Dr. King marched on the March on Washington in 1963, they weren't just marching to feel good. One of the agendas was they wanted $2 an hour. $2 an hour minimum wage back then. You know what that would be today? 15. The minimum wage would be $15 an hour if we had listened to the prophet back then. The Bible says that the labor is worthy of his hire. Yes. 
So when you pay people less than what they, less than a living wage, that's sin. That's not right. And just because folk make it through that doesn't make it right. All right, folks, when we come back, we'll talk with John Hope Bryant, CEO of Operation Hope, about how we must be expanding the conversation when we go back to Selma every year, not having it keep having a political voting rights conversation, but where is the economic conversation as well? Folks, if you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button, the share button on Facebook as well, plus our app. Speaking of the app, download it, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. You can also watch us now on Amazon News. When you click Amazon Fire, simply uh, go, go to uh, Amazon News. If you have an Alexa, simply say, Alexa, play news from Black Star Network. And of course, you can also support us by uh, contributing to our Brina Funk fan club. Everyone who gives during the next two hours, I will give you a personal shout out on the show. Uh, check in money or let's go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C. 20037-0196. Cash App, Dallas at RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. And be sure to get a copy of my book, White Fear, How the Brownie of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Available everywhere, including download your copy on Audible. We'll be right back. A lot of these corporations or people that are running stuff push black people if they're doing a certain thing. What that does is it creates a butterfly effect of any young kid who, you know, wants to leave any situation they're in, and the only people they see are people that are doing this, so I gotta be a gangster, I gotta shoot, I gotta sell, I gotta do this in order to do it, and it just becomes a cycle, but when someone comes around and is making other oh, money, we don't, do, you know, they don't want to push it or put money into it, so that's definitely something I'm trying to fix, too, is just show there's other avenues. You don't gotta be a rapper, you don't gotta be a ball player, you can be a country singer, you can be an opera singer, you can be a damn whatever, you know? showing the, the different avenues and that is possible and it's hard for people to realize it's possible until someone does it. Next on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. We featured the brand new work of Professor Angie Porter which, simply put, is a revolutionary reframing of the African experience in this country. It's the one legal article everyone, and I mean everyone, should read. Professor Porter and Dr. Valethea Watkins, our legal roundtable team, join us to explore the paper that I guarantee is going to prompt a major aha moment in our culture. You crystallize it by saying, who are we to other people? Who are African people to others? Governance is our thing. Who are we to each other? The structures we create for ourselves, how we order the universe as African people. That's next on The Black Table, here on The Black Star Network. Everybody, it's your man for Ed Hammond. I'm Dion Cole, you're watching. Roland Martin, unfiltered. Stay woke. Well. 
Folks, joining us right now is John Hope Bryan, the founder and CEO of Operation Hope. Of course, uh, they do great work uh, dealing with folks uh, financially, trying to get their financial affairs in order, credit scores, things along those lines. John, you and I were talking yesterday, and a lot of people were hitting me up. They were asking me, hey, man, are you going to be in Selma? I said, no. Uh, I was there a couple of years ago when Vice President Kamala Harris was there. Uh, and look, I mean, I, the, the speech is great that President Biden went. The speech is, you know, he gave a voting rights speech. Uh, but the thing that I said a couple of years ago, uh, and it actually it was like actually, th actually three or four years ago, uh, and then when I went back with the vice president, I said, folks, I said, we keep allowing all these politicians, Republicans and Democrats, on the national level, then of course for folks on the state level, to come back to Selma. We have this commemoration. The fact of the matter is none of us stay in Selma. We actually go, we either stay in Montgomery, we fly yeah. into Montgomery or Birmingham. Uh, maybe we might buy some food uh, and some water in Selma. Uh, but the reality is, economically, it is still a... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. A, uh, deprived area. Uh, it is in the black belt. Educationally, uh, it is uh, in, uh, in dire straits as well. And so I believe as African Americans, if we're going to keep talking about MLK, and keep talking about this bridge crossing, and keep talking about what he was dealing with, we had better deal with the money aspect and not get caught up in the photo op. Yes. The, the PhD work need some PH due action. And the conversation about white and black and even red and blue, the debate needs some green green advancement. Um, people forget, Roland, you don't, that America was actually created as a corporation. <laughs> the first entities were not democracies. They were corporations 
And that's where we, they were sort of organized democratically. But it was a, it, we live in a democratic capitalist system or we live in a capitalist democracy. And black folks never got that memo. It's not that we're dumb or we're stupid. In fact, we're brilliant. When the rules are published and playing field is level, we kill it. Professional sports, the arts and entertainment, politics, the rules are published, the playing field is level. We kill it. But is what we don't know that we don't know that's killing us, but we think we know and no one's bothered to tell us. And as you know, the Freedmen's Bank was created by Abraham Lincoln, run by Frederick Douglass, but it failed after Lincoln was assassinated. Going back to Selma and your prophetic statement, you're directly, absolutely on target. Let's go further. Um, I mean, Dr. King's march, as you know, was about jobs and freedom. He said, I'm here to redeem the, the check marked insufficient funds or non-sufficient funds. And he also was bringing light in the Poor People's Campaign. God bless Reverend Barber, what he said, by the way. It was really entertaining. We started talking about he played pool, and now he's talking my, my, my language. That's, that's quasi-economics, the pool game with a slightly different angle. But Ambassador Young and, and, and Andrew Young and, and Dr. King were coming from that different angle, Roland, uh, when they hit the Poor People's Campaign about all people. And, they, and then they said the biggest group of poor people in America— then and now, we're white poor people. People don't know that. So we were all in this mess together, and he tried to get us out of this mess together. He didn't make it to his first march, but that didn't mean he didn't have the right business plan. Roland, I was there. I want to thank Dr. Ben Chavis, my friend, our friend, for inviting me. Uh, I'm so glad I went. But while they were, and because I was, last, I was invited at the last minute, I didn't have the same credentials as everybody else, which was fine with me. They said, you want us to get his credentials? I said, no, actually, why don't you guys do that? I'm going to go walk Memphis, I mean, uh, Selma. And, um, and I went and walked while the president was speaking. I'm so glad he came. Uh, but I went and walked from the hotel to downtown Selma. Uh, I, my mouth is on the ground. It's like time stood still. It's like it was 1968, literally. No e-commerce, no sophisticated businesses. I'm not mean that the, the, not the operators weren't sophisticated, that these were mom-and-pop operations using the most basic uh, rudimentary tools to run a business because clearly they did not have access to capital. They had lots of hustle, uh, but not access to capital. Some of the best food I've ever eaten, by the way. And, oh, and to your point, Dr. Chavis said, John, most of these vendors here on the street over, because I, I was on the street with nobody, with no tourists were at, these were mostly not from Selma. They came, and they're from Atlanta. They're from other places. They come here. And we wouldn't ask. And they were from Atlanta. They were everyplace else, just like he said. So it's not even local economics on that day. Roland, the credit score is 614 to 640 in Selma. You can't get access to capital that way. You can't get a decent car loan at six. 15 or 620. You get a Mercedes is Mercedes payments. You can't get a decent mortgage to become a homeowner under 680. There's not a credit score in Selma on average at 680. So the, the homeownership rate for black folks there is probably 20%. How do you build wealth in America? The number one way, you and I talked about this, homeownership. You, you pull equity out of your home to start a business, to send your kid to college for a rainy day. But you got storms coming, and it was recently 
uh, a natural disaster there that visited upon them not so long ago, and everybody's still waiting for the FEMA money as if it's manna from heaven. There's no economic development going on there and hasn't been. And you can't start a business, get a business loan less than 700 credit score. No matter how nice you are, you pay your taxes, you go to church every Sunday because it's risky credit. So that, so if half of black folks in America have a credit score below 620, half of us are locked out of the free enterprise system. But everybody in Selma is locked out of the free enterprise system. Where is the march on capital, not just the march on history? Where, where is the, the, the campaign to organize the earning of tax credit for everybody in Selma qualifies for EITC? That's a free check for anybody who works and makes $50,000 a year or less, as you well know, Roland. But one out of four people who qualify for EITC read black people, never get it because we don't ask for it because we don't have a tax prep prepare. You make $38,000 a year, got three children. Uh, the government owes you about $7,000 cash. If you never filed, if you say, what's EITC, congratulations, you get three years of it. That's what, Roland, what, almost $20,000, about $20,000? Then you get three years of pandemic uh, uh, stimulus money for your tax credit. That's $3,000 per kid. That's nine grand. You got 30 grand against a $35,000 income to go put the down payment on your house, to get your credit straight, to, 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 to send your kid to college, to start a business. But we don't know that because no one's teaching us that. I'm not talking about sophisticated stuff here, Roland. I'm talking about basics. There's no, I, I couldn't find the economic development department there. Well, first of all, understand uh, Selma has, uh, has the highest unemployment rate uh, of uh, any city in Alabama. Um, <laughs> we're, we're talking about, and, and see, and, and I think what has to happen, uh, I think what has to happen is. Roland, can, can I say one, can yeah, I say go, one, yeah, one go, last go thing? Ahead, go ahead. The, the, where I was at, the hotel, I think it's called the St. James, I think it is, it's a Hyatt. Um, it, it's the only it's the only modern development at the Pettus Bridge. By the way, the, as you know, the Pettus Bridge is named after a Southern segregationist. Why is it still named after a Southern segregationist? Hello. But the Edmund Pettus Bridge, that whole area roller should be bustling with tourism, restaurants, cafes, coffee shops, uh, five different hotels competing for customers. There should be a marketing campaign for, for, for the state of Alabama pushing people into Selma because of tourism. This activity creates GDP, creates jobs, creates tax base, which creates more economic opportunity. And one thing, like a, like a flywheel spins off of each, off each other and, and creates more wealth. But there's a ghost town around that bridge. I don't understand it right at the bridge. How could it look like 1960? So I'm not talking about some sophisticated thing, Roland. I'm not talking about way out blocks away, although I walk there. I'm talking about, as you know, right at the bridge. This one hotel ran out of food. The yep. hotel ran out of food. Okay, over to you. Now, and and so what so what, what I have been saying is that if, if we're going to, if, uh, and we and look, if we're going to talk about going back to Selma next year, 59th anniversary next year, election year, this is what I say. Call the major in, in fact, here's the whole deal, John. As opposed to other people doing it, fine. I say we do it. We say, let's say we're gonna we're gonna call for the top CEOs in Alabama and some of the top companies in America to come to the Selma and say we're, versus having again because the way it works, they have stuff on Friday. There's, they have things on Saturday, workshops on Saturday. And then, of course, they have the uh, the, re the, re the recreation on Sunday. 
Thursday, Friday, I dare say, economic conversation. In terms of saying, let's not come back for the 60th in 2025 and it look the same. Let's sit here and say, what's the labor force? What's the education force? How do we start driving economic conversation? Because when John Lewis, Congressman John Lewis was alive, I would see these Republicans come in and these Democrats, and they would take the bus tour, and it would be like a field trip for them. And I'm like, how in the hell you go back to D.C. and you come back to Selma next year and it looked the same and it sounds the same? We've got to be having a different conversation, not just having a recreation of the march every year. I think I know the answer to the problem question, Roland. And, and I want to thank you for pricking me, by the way. It, it was you and Dr. Ben Chavis. Ben Chavis was having the same conversation with me yesterday. He's equally frustrated. We thank the president for coming. Please don't, if anybody in the White House is watching this, we're not criti criticizing you. We're thankful that you brought attention to this. We're thankful President Clinton before and Vice President Harris for coming and all the heroes and sheroes. We're thankful for Congressional Black Caucus leaders uh, for coming. Uh, they were all there. Maxine Waters, God bless her. And and uh, 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 what's the gentleman from uh, North, the North Carolina who's genius? Um, um, it'll hit me. I mean, he's the dean of of black politicians. He was oh, there. Oh, no, no, you mean uh, South Carolina, Clyburn. Carnes Clyburn. Clyburn. Without which there'd be no Biden presidency. We all know that. Doesn't get the credit he deserved. So, and Sheila Jackson Lee, thanks for all of them coming. I'm not criticizing them. I'm saying there's a piece missing. Where are the black business people? I, I, let's before we get to all business people. Why is it that I was the only black businessman that I saw? I'm, there may have been more there. But I was the only black entrepreneur or black business person that I saw there. Thank you, Ben Javis, for inviting me. There should have been 100 black business people there, to your point, Roland. And, when, and if you have these type A personalities who are used to execution, the policymakers make policy. But there's nobody executing on a vision here. We're type A personalities. We see a problem, we want to attach a solution to it. Okay? If we wouldn't have left there without giving $10,000 to a church to, to start an after-school program or a financial literacy program. We wouldn't have left there without saying, let's do... Let's do a, a, a 5K mark march next year and, and then put somebody in charge of that. And that would have created his own economic activity. And by the way, who would have been in that 5K mark, march? Some of the white folks in, in Selma. So you, so it's Because it was all black, by the way. It should be an integrated situation around healing. That would have brought some more economic development and integration uh, of the money there. Uh, you would have, you'd have had these 100 black people who would come there as business people, used to achievement, leaving there saying, I got to do one thing. I got to do something. And, and then you start talking about the broader business community you're talking about uh, as well. But there was none of them there that I could tell. So I'm not criticizing. I'm saying right. it's set up to be historical in nature. But what you need is for this to be about economic growth in nature. We need a civil rights movement, not just a civil rights movement. You need both. Well, look, I say, um, look, I'm a firm believer not waiting on somebody else to do it. Uh, let's say, let's do it next year. And if those who don't want to show up, it'll be very telling, especially those who are already in Alabama. But I think we have got to pair the economic piece with the political piece and have those two come together. And so uh, let's work on it and uh, let's make it happen. I would be honored to work with you on that. PhD is uh, good. PhDs, as I said earlier, are better. There are customers there. There are clients there. There are employees there. There are brilliant black people there who could become business owners and entrepreneurs. You know that, Roland. Yep. Our brilliance is everywhere. We just need a shot. We need the education. And financial literacy, I was walking through that, Roland. Financial literacy has to be the cheapest economic development plan on the planet because 
Because what you're doing, you're saying, I can't solve racism. I can't solve police brutality. I can't solve the bias. But I can get your credit score up. I can get you to understand what a budget is. I can get you to start arguing with your wife about money. I can get you to, to understand this between cash flow and making a, make, making a profit and building wealth. You build wealth in your sleep. I can get you to understand that because you're smart. And I can teach you that so you can do for yourself the James Brown version of affirmative action. Open the door. I'll get it myself. You have a whole uh, population of folks getting it for themselves, Roland, as you well know. And you'll create economic energy. Yep. And that grows GDP and tax base and solves all the problems. Indeed. John Hope Bryant, founder of Operation Hope. We appreciate it. Tell people where they can uh, follow you guys. OperationHope.org uh, or, or, or social media for me and Operation Hope by name. But, I'm, but follow Roland Martin. Support his network. Subscribe to it. We do. And Roland, if you, if you organize that next year, count us in and we'll help to get you CEOs uh, present uh, at, at the meeting and some black entrepreneurs and 100 black men and others should rally all around what you're talking about. It's a, it's a radical movement of common sense. It is the next we enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Got to move them just protesting in the streets. That we need that. Yep. To business deals in the suites. That's it. All right, John. We're gonna work on it. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Love and light, folks. Gotta go to break. We'll be back. Roland Martin, unfiltered on the Black Star Network. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach. We've seen the headlines: major tech companies laying off. Google, Facebook. Twitter, just to name a few, and tens of thousands have been laid off as a result. On the next Get Wealthy, we take a look at what it means to recession-proof your career in tech. 
Joining me will be Kanika Tover, and she's going to be sharing exactly what you need to do to turn anxiety into achievement. Shifting our mindset to thinking that only opportunities exist in big tech is something that we're going to have to like shift fast because there's so many opportunities that are out there that we have to change the way we were thinking about our careers. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Pull up a chair, take your seat, The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network every week. We'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. Hi, I'm B.B. Winans. Hey, I'm Donnie Simpson. What's up? I'm Lance Gross, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. video last year when I was uh, in Selma, went there with the vice president uh, March 6th of last year uh, for the 57th commemoration. Uh, I want to bring in my panel right now to talk to talk about this conversation uh, because I, I really, and I've just been, y'all, I, I really was a little pissed off yesterday um, because we keep doing this and it drives me insane. Dr. Julian Malvo, Dean of College of Ethnic Studies, California State University in Los Angeles. Dr. Amakongo Dabinga, Senior Professorial Lecturer, School of International Service, American University. Rena Shannon, former Georgia State Representative. Glad to have all three of you here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Long Victoria Burke uh, with NNPA uh, joins us. Uh, sorry, folks. Uh, let, let, I'm going to start with you, Julian. I, I, it, it continually pisses me off, Julian. We go back to Selma. We go back to Memphis, and we have these recurring events, and we play speeches. We talk about, we recite what King said or John Lewis said, or, I mean, we can go on and on and on. And I sit there, and I'm like, all right, the hotels were filled, car service, restaurants, and I always ask, are black folks getting paid? Are we making money from this? And to me, it makes no sense having all these politicians, and I told y'all to pull the photos of all the different political people. Let me know if y'all got that slideshow. All these <laughs> folks, they were posting photos, being in Selma, and I'm sitting here going, but where is the economic plan to rebuild Selma versus let's go for the annual Edmund Pettus Bridge photo op. You know, Roland, I'm with you, and I think John made, uh, John Hope uh, Bryant made some really good points. I'm sick of it too, because if you have that many people there, that was an economic opportunity. Um, why don't we have a black hotel, black owned hotel in Selma? All those people go in there. Why not at least let a black company make some money? from that, uh, 
catering, all of that. The problem is, I mean, we are so caught up in the politics that we don't think about the economics. And we have, and they go hand in hand. And we see that when we, you see people purchasing members of Congress, purchasing them just like they buy a Tesla or something else. Um, politics and economics go hand in hand, but you cannot ignore economics. And time again in our community, people ignore the economics. There are so many opportunities that we're letting slide through our fingers because we simply will not pay attention to economics. The point that John made about the credit scores is a very frightening one. If the average credit score for black folks in Selma is six something, six, I think he said, I don't know, I forgot, 620, 630, that was, that's pitiful. You can't buy a house. You can't get a credit card uh, unless you prepay it. So the, the, the economic piece is what we're missing. And uh, I think that those who organize these things would be well, do well if they would at least, as you said, you said take a day or take two days, uh, have some workshops. And bring some CEOs. Let's hear what they have to say. Because after all, the denial of, of voting rights is not just a black thing, it's a national thing. But what do these CEOs have to say about it? They too are part of America. So we can't just say this is a black event, we're going to walk across the ridge. There's more to it than that. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, I, just, I just think, uh, Renita, that if you're going to have elected officials there, for the photo op, you should be saying, hey, what, I'm sorry, Lauren, Lauren, I'm sorry. What resources <laughs> are you leaving here? Yeah, well, worse than that, it's not just people at the Selma commemoration, as you know, Roland, it's people who are in power who allocate money all over the country and all over the world. Uh, we just landed $113 billion in Ukraine we give billions of dollars in humanitarian aid around the world, the United States does. And yet there's no forward discussion with regard to towns like Selma. And the idea that people go back and forth, back and forth every year in sort of performative politics that has increased as social media has increased because this thing is geared really toward photos and video. So it's just sort of tailor-made for performative politics has made everybody ignore uh, the real monuments to uh, economic inequality and the real monuments to economic inequality in the United States is the school system, uh, obviously the lack of, you know, aid to cities like this, and it's just sort of like this forever. You know, we, we're all aware of all these stories about the water systems not working in some of these poor black towns, particularly in the South, but also in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> so uh, the idea that the people who are going down there are unaware of this is ridiculous. The irony and the sort of silliness around some of these Republicans have gone down. I think Tim Scott went down there. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy went down there one year. It's a fairly absurd situation. Then they go back to Washington, allocate billions of dollars to everything except towns like Selma. That, to me, though, is a result of a lack of demand in the black community from our leadership ranks. I mean, you have to demand something of people to get something. And we oftentimes are not demanding what is needed uh, for a town like Selma. You know, Omicongo, I, I just think that, again, and, and I, I said this when I was there, um, and it may have been 21, it may have been 20, maybe in 19, I can't remember. Um, and I, was, I, I just said, guys, stop letting these politicians come here for the photo op and, 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 and nothing is done. Stop it. 
Yeah, most definitely. And it, I felt like you, Roland. I was like, I'm not going to watch this because everyone's going to say, oh, President Biden came and he said the right things. Of course, he's going to say the right things because he has a speechwriter. So they know what to say when they get down there. But really, at the end of the day, our, our leaders, Urban League, National National Network, all of these groups that are credentialed to be walking across the bridge with the president, you know, they need to, yes, yes, they commend him for that, but they need to demand more. There needs to be a platform for next year. You know, Cliff Albright with Black Voters Matter say, we have to do more. This is time for Biden to go to the next level. And sure, folks at the Biden White House will say, well, we're doing this for HBCUs and we're doing this. They're doing a lot of good things for, for our community, but we can't settle. And I feel like with the Biden administration, they have settled a little bit with what they're doing because we've let them settle. Because we go with these photo ops, like you talked about, and we're talking about Selma being over 80% Black. And when John is talking, he's talking about walking through there and it's looking like nothing has changed in 30 or 40 years. But let an organized company like Marriott or Coca-Cola or something come in and say, we just want to renovate it and turn this into a bunch of condos or something, then people are going to be protesting. We have to be proactive, Roland, and get down there with a real solid economic program. We're talking about Selma. You want to talk about Dr. King? How many times on this show, Roland, have you mentioned Dr. King's economic message about how collectively we are rich, about how we may need to boycott places like Seal Test and Coca-Cola to get what we want. There was always an economic message of empowerment in Dr. King's message, and we cannot forget that. And if we're going to continue to go down there, not have economic demands as we walk over a bridge still named after a Klansman and member of the Confederacy, at the end of the day, we are losing and they are winning. Our ancestors deserve more. The people who are still with us who fought during that time deserve more. Selma deserves more than a day with some decoration and some credentialed folks walking around. We need to preserve the history for the future, man. We have to do it the right way. And people need to follow what you and John are demanding that we do. Um, folks, it's just real simple. I mean, we can continue to do the same things over and over and over again, or we can actually demand uh, for something uh, to be done different. And, and I dare say, uh, do something that's done different. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at my, um, I'm looking at my Twitter feed. Uh, go to my iPad, uh, and I'm sitting here. You know, I'm pulling up uh, all these different uh, videos. I'm pulling up uh, all these again, all the videos that folks had uh, of, of individuals walking. And so here are photos here, and uh, and you see. Uh, again, all different folks uh, who are in this photo. You see Congresswoman Maxine Waters. You see the president, Al Sharpton, Congresswoman Jesse Jackson, senior son, uh, Congressman Jonathan Jackson. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Here's a video as well. Uh, you got Christian Clark there with the Department of Justice. But y'all, I see my man Mark Thompson's right there as well uh, in the white. But y'all, I'm telling you right now, we cannot continue to have civil rights commemorations if we're not going to be advancing an economic agenda as well. Can't happen. Simply cannot happen. That must also be our focus. We come back, we'll talk about Chris Rock's a special on Netflix. A lot of folks had a lot to say. Okay, I got something to say too. That's next, you're watching Rolling Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into...
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. It's an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol. We're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. All the proud boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. Dr. Jackie here on A Balanced Life, and I've got a pop quiz for you. Who are you? Where are you? And how are you doing? These are three important questions that you should be asking yourself every day. I can't be authentic with you if I'm not being authentic with myself. I know who I am and I know whose I am. And when you know that, you're unstoppable because you're going to show up as your authentic self no matter the room that you're in. Discovering the true you and the culture around you. That's next on A Balanced Life on Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Teresa Griffin. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Tomorrow, y'all know what happened to me, getting smacked by Suge Smith. <laughs> hey, 
knows. Everybody fucking knows. Yes, it happened. I got smacked like a year ago. Fucking last week, I got smacked at the fucking Oscars by this motherfucker. And people like, did it hurt? It still hurts. <laughs> I got summertime ringing in my ear. <laughs> fucking drums, please. All right, y'all. Well, Saturday not- night, Chris Rock went live on Netflix uh, with his outrage special. And uh, there's been a lot of folks who have been commenting on social media, sharing their thoughts, and there are folks who are angry and upset. Chris used the N-word. They're angry and upset uh, because he called Jada Pinkett Smith B-word. They're angry and upset that he alluded to uh, um, or he talked about uh, watching Emancipation, uh, the movie starring Will Smith, to see him get beat by a white man and all this sort of stuff like that. Oh, they they upset y'all because he cracked jokes about Meghan Markle uh, as well and, and all of that. So I'm just very curious. Saturday night, was that a comedy show that happened Saturday night or was he given a keynote address? Because I'm just trying to understand why are people so mad that a comic told jokes? Now, now let me be perfectly clear. I know Chris. I know Will. I know Jada. And, and nobody wants to have jokes made about them. But that's what comics do. I, I, I've been the show that... I'm just understanding we are so damn sensitive to... I'm watching... Uh, um, wh- wh- why, why did this comedy show take place in Baltimore? He's not from there. That wasn't a personal affront to Jada because she's from there. Why wasn't it shot in Philadelphia? Y'all, comedians do comedy shows in a lot of places they ain't from. The Kings of Comedy which was shot by Spike Lee, was shot in Charlotte. Bernie Mac ain't from Charlotte. DL ain't from Charlotte. Sid ain't from Charlotte. Steve Harvey ain't from Charlotte. So what the hell are we doing? Oh, uh, I mean, the, the jokes that he was... Do I need to remind everybody that one of the seminal Chris Rock comedy specials that is considered one of the greatest all time was, I'm so mad I I left the damn DVDs at home. It's called Bring the Pain. In Bring the Pain, Chris Rock cracked jokes about Marion Barry being a crackhead at the Million Man March. He talked about OJ killed his wife and said, I ain't said it's right, but I understand. We can go on and on. So this notion that nobody can be made, somebody, I saw somebody say, well, I'm just tired. I'm just tired 
of these comedians punching down. That's what the, that's what they do. When I go to a comedy show, I am not expecting a damn intellectual debate between Cornel West and Michael Air Dyson. I'm not. I, when I go to a comedy show, I'm not expecting to see, to see Thomas Sowell and Julian Malvo give me a breakdown about micro and macroeconomics. When I go to a comedy show, I'm not expecting to see Dr. Cynthia Hale and Pastor Jamal Bryant give me an exegesis of the text. I'm expecting to go to a comedy show to hear somebody get talked about. Because that's what comics do. If we really want to sit here and stop playing these silly ass games, and yes, I'm calling them silly games. Because this notion that, oh no, you can't talk about anybody. Really? Did comics talk about Bill Clinton when he was president? Do comics talk about how old Joe Biden is? Do other comics talk about racism? Oh, and then you got all the folk. See, here's part of the deal. We're now living in a world where news stories and think pieces are now being written where we are deconstructing the jokes. Y'all pull up the tweets. Uh, the Daily Mail, Fox News, Megyn Kelly, everybody writing about, pull it up, pull it up, come on. Chris Rock mocks Meghan Markle's royal racism claims in comedy special. Sometimes it's just some in-law shit. Uh, no, 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 go back, go back. The root word is comedy special and mocks. Then you got Megyn Kelly, her silly ass. She goes, Chris Rock nails it. The Daily Mail story, Chris Rock slams Meghan Markle for telling Oprah family was racist. It's called Joe. Now, y'all know what's interesting? Y'all got the Fox News tweet? Y'all got that one? Pull that one. That's Fox, sure Fox News tweet, y'all. This is the Fox News tweet right here. Now, y'all notice, Fox News, and Meg, Meg, Fox News and Megyn Kelly, they ain't say shit about Chris Rock's joke about how white men are now victims. Oh, if, see, if y'all didn't watch the special, first of all, I saw Chris in St. Louis, him and Dave Chappelle, so pretty much he was practicing many of these jokes, so I actually saw it, but I did today watch the full special. Y'all notice all these conservatives and the liberals, they ain't had nothing to say when Chris Rock said, oh, well, the white men were climbing the walls on January 6th like the white planet of the apes. Oh, no, no, we ain't talking about that. Oh, saying Chris Rock talked about abortion. Yep, sure did. The same Chris Rock talked about raising kids, all kind of stuff. But I'm just trying to understand when do we get to the point that we are expecting comics to be giving us 
um, presidential level speeches and dissertations on life in America. I can think back to Don Rickles, Rick Dukeman, uh, Monique, Bernie. I mean, we could go on. George Carlin, we could go on and on. Comics make jokes about all sorts of people. Monique was, used to crack on skinny women. Then she cracked on fat women. Now today, oh no, why are you talking about skinny women and fat women? We've had comedians talk about light-skinned people, dark-skinned people. Hell, Chris talked about white women being brought home and bringing a white man home. Y'all, what, what are we doing? Why are we as a society so damn sensitive that we now are analyzing comedy shows as if they are sermons. They're not. If you don't like Chris Rock, don't take your ass to a Chris Rock show. Real simple. If you don't like Lisa Lampanelli, and if you didn't like Ralphie May, and who when he was alive, if you don't like Ali Sadiq, I can go on and on. Don't take your ass, if you are so damn sensitive and you don't want to hear a joke about nobody straight, nobody gay, nobody trans, nobody married, nobody single, nobody rich, nobody poor, nobody tall, nobody short, nobody skinny, nobody fat, nobody light skin, nobody dark skin. You want to talk about somebody with natural hair, processed hair? If you don't want to hear any of those jokes, my suggestion is you don't go to a comedy show. My suggestion is you don't watch comedy specials or watch Comedy Central because you're likely going to be offended. Comics always go after the joke. That's what they do. Why are we tripping because comics are doing what they do. I'll talk to my panel on the flip side of this. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. When you talk about blackness and what happens in black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Checks and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is Roland at Roland S. Martin.com. A lot of these corporations or people that are running stuff push black people if they're doing a certain thing. What that does is it creates a butterfly effect of any young kid who, you know, wants to leave any situation they're in, and the only people they see are people that are doing this, so I gotta be a gangster, I gotta shoot, I gotta sell, I gotta do this in order to do it, and it just becomes a cycle, but when someone comes around and is making other, oh, we don't, you know, they don't wanna push it or put money into it, so that's definitely something I'm trying to fix too, is just show there's other avenues. You don't gotta be a rapper, you don't gotta be a ball player, you can be a country singer, you can be an opera singer, you can be a damn whatever, you know? Showing the, the different avenues, and that is possible, and it's hard for people to realize it's possible until someone does it. Hi, I'm Gavin Houston. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. E All right, welcome back to Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, on the Congo, I, I just, I, this is one of the stupidest comments. This is what Akeem Smith just wrote on YouTube. Brother Roland, people's feelings are real. Comedians need to understand this also. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, I think one of the challenges here is that what it really comes down to, particularly with black comedians and black entertainers in general, is that mainstream society takes our black comics and looks at them as leaders in our community. Yeah. As opposed to being comedians, right? Sustained. Go ahead. <laughs> when, when, when Steve, uh, when uh, Steve, the, Harvey, sorry, wrote his book, you know, Act Like a Woman, Think Like a Man, 
There, people were calling him the relationship expert, as if they're not, you know, black relationship experts out there. When Chris Rock did the, the, the documentary, Good Hair, a few years ago, people were talking about him as, as a black hair expert. And when there's issues going on in the civil rights in the black community, who do people call? Charles Barkley to get up there and, and speak. And then um, in places like Fox, you get the diamonds and silks. And so people take these folks who are not serious as relation leaders in our community, and because they don't really respect black intellect, and won't do the work to call up the Roland Martins or the Dr. Malvozo or, or the Lawrence, like we have on the Black Star Network every single day. They put these guys in the place of our leaders, and then they attach all these expectations to them that they don't attach to other comedians. As someone who teaches on a college campus, I know that there are a lot of comedians of all backgrounds nowadays who are scared to come to campuses because they feel like they can't make jokes because people are going to attack them. And I think it's particularly heightened for, for black comedians. And so I feel like at the end of the day, I agree with you. We need to relax. And I think that we can't get on our comics. I'm not saying comics get a free pass on everything, but like you said, they have a job, they have a role, and they are not black leaders. They are not leaders in our community. They're of comedians. They're smart, but they're not our leaders. Leave it, leave it alone. Julian, I had a professor who, who I saw a comment today who said that, that there's a photographer who he follows and who does very tasteful um, images, nude images. Very, he, he's, he's a photographer. And that, um, this ain't porn, I mean, this, is, this is art. This professor liked one of the images. And several students complained to the professor's boss that they felt unsafe <laughs> because he liked the photo. And his boss said, that's a grown-ass man who can like what he wants to like. How are you unsafe? And, it's a, and so I, I'm, I'm watching these people, and let me be real clear. I absolutely get it. If, if, you are a, if, if you're Jada Pinkett Smith, and if you're Will Smith, or hell, if you're anybody, you don't want anybody mocking you, cracking jokes on you, but I have seen numerous, I have seen literally thousands of comedy shows where I have seen sports folks being mocked, actors, actresses, political people, journalists, folk with no hair, little hair, lots of hair. I mean, I've seen you. If, 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 we, if we are sitting here at a comedy show, Julian, and if I'm sitting next to you, and depending upon where we sitting, a comedian, you never know, might crack on your red hair and your light skin, might crack on my hair, might crack on something Lauren wearing, and, and we, oh my God, he's making them feel uncomfortable. Why does he have to say that? I'm like, yo, it's a fucking comedy show. This is what comics do. I don't understand why people don't understand. This is what they do. Historically, present day, Red Fox, Richard Pryor, Moms Mabley, Dick Gregory. I can go on and on and on, my goodness. You know, Rolla, one of my funniest memories, I heard, I, w I went to see Robin Williams. Remember him? Baby he talked Ken. about everybody. He talked about me like a like a redheaded dog. I I had I had the temerity to get up to go to the restroom, 
And he told, <laughs> he said, what, why is that itch? Go to the restroom while I'm talking. Hold up, stop and right I, there. Hold up, hold up. Stop right there. So you got, first of all, anybody know you didn't get your ass up when he on the microphone. Okay. Really so, <laughs> so he called you the B word. You didn't hop on Twitter and go, I'm offended. Robin, Robin Harris called me out of my name. He insulted me. I cracked up big time. I thought the thing was hilarious. I mean, he not only, I mean, he got on my red jacket. Red is my favorite color. He got on my hair. He got on me getting up. Um, and then he said, and she ain't got no man here either. Uh-uh. She looked like she... <laughs> hold on, she hold on, hold on. Up. Julian, stop oh, right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. So this woman, Jennifer Triplett, this is what she just said. Can a woman please step in and be a voice? This is crazy. Look at Roland Cussing. This is why I don't watch, but you watching. Uh, there, there, she says, she says, there is comedy and there is angrily call, she goes, there is comedy and there is angrily calling a black woman a bitch as if, Julian, didn't you just, didn't you just say that Robin yeah, they, Harris they, used the B talking, word? Yes, he did. And talked about me like a, like a, you know, striped dog. Yes, he did. And what was hilarious is afterwards, we're leaving and he asked me, he asked me my name and he said, can I get a hug? So I, I, it, I, he wanted to see if he got to me. He didn't get to me. You go to a comedy show, that's what happened. Now, I do not like two things, and it depends on when. Like, but sisters ain't contextual. If you are, ang I mean, I don't like women being called itches um, in, in other settings. In, in comedy, almost anything goes. I mean, literally, almost anything goes. I don't like the use of the N-word either uh, for any number Same of reasons. Same here. Yeah. In, in comedy, almost anything goes. If you want to be politically correct, Go to the Smithsonian and see an exhibit. But you're not going to get politically incorrect comedy. Now, there are some comedians who are racist, and we, you know, we want to holler about them. But I just, I think Chris Rock, by the way, is just hilarious. So I didn't watch it. Now you have motivated me to watch it. I just, and quite frankly, regarding Will and Jada, they set themselves up for that. They are very blessed. That's all, that's all he said. I mean, come on, the brother punched um, Chris Rock in public. I mean, it's a wonder he didn't say worse about it. I, you know, I just want, now I want to see the whole thing because from what you said and the little clips we've seen, it is hell hilarious. If you punch a comedian, they gonna make a joke out of it, Lauren. Dave Chappelle <laughs> got attacked on stage. We were, I saw the show. Dave Chappelle got attacked on stage at LA, the Hollywood Bowl, and he said, man, all my friends came out and they beat the shit out of the dude. He said, no, he said, Sorry, Chris. Yeah. Didn't nobody come out to help your ass when you got attacked. I mean, this shit was yeah. it was hilarious. But I, I, I'm, I'm sitting yeah. here. I'm literally sitting here, and, and, and I'm just not understanding people who are they're, they're like parsing everything. Oh, he mentioned colorism. He said Dr Draymond J Draymond Green was so dark that he's sitting right next to him. You wouldn't know he was standing right there. Chris is dark skinned. I mean, well, I, I just, I, I don't get this hypersensitivity about everything, and we're treating comedians like they are, again, scholars, preachers, politicians, and CEOs. Yeah, speaking of Dave Chappelle, I actually thought, I, I watched it right before the show, Chris Rock special. I, uh, he reminded me a lot of Dave Chappelle. I actually thought he was trying to sort of pull a Dave Chappelle and some of the topics he brought up, like abortion. But, you know, 
The thing about this is that what I think is driving this entire thing is that there is currency and outrage. The way that these news organizations make money is clicks through outrage. The way that these social media sites get attention is clicked through outrage. So the entire conversation, every time somebody says something controversial, is driven by what can get attention. And, and Roland, you know, you saw Chris Rock's uh, you know, special, he has a, a moment in there where he talks about how society is now addicted to attention yep. and the four ways you get attention. And of course, one of them was victimhood and showing your ass and being infamous. And he's absolutely correct about that. I mean, it's it's so, but attention is, is in the society we live in now, the way the metrics work behind uh, the media business is that the clicks for outrage, the think pieces, the analyzing everything that everybody says, the being angry about everything, the hitting the like button, the getting people to hit the like button. What gets people to hit the like button is to be saying that you're outraged about something. People spend all day on Twitter doing that, okay? And that, that's how they get attention in their life. So a lot of this sensitivity, I think what we would say is hypersensitivity in our society that we didn't see previous to Facebook and Twitter and everything else, I think is actually driven by that, you know, by that economy, by that creator economy, outrage economy. And there's a lot of money behind that in a lot of ways. Uh, so that's part of what we're seeing with the Chris Rock thing. He did go in hard at the end in that last 10 minutes, obviously, on Jada Pinkett. He brought up a lot of things that had already been previously brought up. So I'm not sure why we're acting as if this is new information. To be quite candid, I really could care less about any of these people outside the fact that there are movies that I like. I mean, I loved Independence Day. I love a lot of the things Chris Rock has done, but I really don't care about <laughs> celebrities that much. But I will say that I was a little surprised as somebody who's not a huge, huge Chris Rock fan at the level of nuance that he brought to this hour, you know, uh, particularly around some of the more controversial topics. But I did realize as I was listening, this is exactly the type of thing, and I think he's smart enough to realize that, this is exactly the type of subject matter that will drive a lot of think pieces, a lot of attention, and a lot of concert bookings for him. And everybody gets fed all the way around, not only just him, but the media uh, and, and everything that, that drives the creator outrage clickbait economy. Here's a perfect example. This same Jennifer Triplett. Uh, do we not operate by a certain code of conduct? Let somebody call his daughter Lola a bitch. Okay, here's a perfect example. Go to my iPad. Kevin Hart did a special during COVID, and he made a comment about his teen daughter, and oh my God, Kevin Hart said this about his teen daughter, and he was like, are y'all serious? He's a comedian. Comedians rock. I, the other day, I saw a three-minute long video that was utterly hilarious of Rodney Dangerfield cracking jokes about his wife. Flat out hilarious. I have seen comedians crack jokes about their husbands. I've seen people go in on all sorts of different things. And we're so sensitive, oh my God, you shouldn't say that and say that. Again, let me be very clear, y'all. Julian said it. I don't like the N-word. Somebody hit me, well, Roland, how did you feel? You don't, you block people for using the N-word while you were at the show. I'm like, uh, duh. First of all, if, hell, if that's the case, it's a bunch of music I can't listen to, okay? So it's not like I'm sitting here going, oh my God, I'm just uh, removing everything. Here's the problem, folks. The problem, the fundamental problem that we have today is that we are trying to judge 
certain people on certain things and not all things are equal. Now, when Michael Richards was on stage and Michael Richards went after the audience member using the N-word, here's what he did. He literally left the con... I was on CNN and I said this with Paul Mooney. He left the confines of the stage. He wasn't doing his stage work. He left the confines of his stage and was attacking that man personally. Different deal. Now, and he wasn't even responding to a heckler. What Julian described was Robin Harris's style. When you went to that club in Los Angeles, everybody knew you, if you sat up front, you were in trouble. If you got up, you were in trouble. What did Robin Harris say? Put the light on him. <laughs> Everybody know that. That's why Julia laughing. She was there. He would go, hey, put the light on him. So I'm just trying to understand what have we got? Somebody told me, well, Chris and these other comedians, they've not evolved. No, maybe the problem is we've evolved so much, we actually forgot what comedy is all about. They rip and they make fun of everything and everybody. Nothing is off limits for comedians. And I've always said, the beauty of the, of the sanctity of the comedy stage is that they will literally talk about anybody and anything at any time. And you know what their job is? Because I've interviewed too many comedians. They say, Roland, if I get the laugh, I've done my job. And so I see y'all comments. And so if you don't like Chris Rock, don't watch him. Hello. You don't like Dave Chappelle, don't watch him. If you don't like any comedian style or tone, I heard Chris Rock, he's angry. Y'all, that's actually part of Chris's style. How he, how he walks around the stage, how he looks. It's different styles. Bill Cosby killed by sitting in a chair for two hours. And the other comedians will go, damn, the brilliance of doing an entire show sitting in a chair. Y'all, that's what comedians do. I just hope people, again, you don't, you can, and here's the deal. You have a First Amendment right to criticize anything that you want. But give comedians the same right and the same liberty to do what they do on the stage because that's who they are. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. As an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol, we're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Nelson. Hi, this is Cheryl Lee Ralph, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, uh, I got to do one thing first before I bring up my next guest. Now, I told y'all I pay attention to everything that goes on on this show. Did I tell y'all that? Did I tell y'all that? Uh, I want y'all to uh, uh, go to my iPhone, please. So while we were talking about the last subject, Anthony asked, got in my ear and said, Robin Williams. Oh, you thought I missed that, huh? You thought I missed it. Julian did not say Robin Williams. She did. Yes, she did. She didn't say Robin Williams. She said Robin Williams. Yes, she did. She, yes, she did. Hey, Julian, you say Robin Williams or Robin Harris? 
I meant Robert Harris. Boom. <laughs> See, I, hold up. I know who the hell you were talking about. But Angela's like, uh, she said Robin Williams. I'm like, Robin Williams didn't do that. That's what she did. Look, she... I said Bebe's kids, y'all. If I said Bebe's kids, oh, hold up. Abby don't know who Robin Harris is. I know who Bebe's kids. But you know who Robin Harris is? No. That's my damn point. That's why your ass. <laughs> He don't know about the piccolo player. He don't know. That's why. That's why his thirty. What? 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 what you thirty three, thirty five? Thirty five. He yeah. to catch your ass up. <laughs> I, he thought I missed that, y'all. Come on, cut to the other switch, y'all. That's right. You thought I missed it, so I said let me come back to that, cause uh, no, I, I ain't missed that. All right, y'all. So y'all know I had to. Yeah, yeah. Y'all thinking, uh huh. I don't miss nothing. Gonna get my. I said, shit, it's no damn Robin Williams. She been Robin Harris. All right, y'all. Prince has uh, died several years ago, but the reality is he is at the center of a Supreme Court case. That's right. Uh, this thing has gone all the way to the Supreme Court. So there's an Andy Warhol silkscreen print. He was very famous for these uh, images, and so he did this here. Now, the Andy Warhol print, y'all, uh, silkscreen print, is based upon a photo that was taken on the left. The photographer took that photo for Vanity Fair magazine, was paid for it, and then when Prince, uh, but they never used it. When Prince died, they actually, they actually used the, what's on the right, the Andy Warhol silkscreen image for a special edition on Prince. Well, the photographer then sued, saying that that was her work. This is uh, copyright infringement. And so therefore, uh, they should not have been allowed to use it. So this thing's been going on and on and on. And so the, the whole idea of copyright law, the whole idea of trademark law um, is, is quite significant and real weird in terms of trying to really understand it. Uh, and so what you're now dealing with is this thing is like, again, going to Supreme Court. And this could have huge ramifications, if you will, uh, for, again, artists, photographers, videographers, when it comes to who owns something and how can you alter an image. And so joining us right now uh, is uh, Shay Lawson. She's an IP and entertainment attorney with the law firm of Lawson McKin McKinley in Atlanta. And I, and I know people watching might be saying, well, this, this, this Supreme Court case don't mean nothing. But for creative people, this is a huge, huge case. We're talking about art photos, and things along those lines. Roland, this is it. Because they are basically arguing that because Warhol was famous, this is now transformative, and he has a right to copy. So if being famous gives you a right to copy, this is a sad day for all creatives, all little people out there. And what folks don't understand here, and, and people don't realize this here, when you sign up for a lot of these social media services, there, there was a Washington Post story, and I think, did we have you on talk about it last time? I can't remember, where there was a guy who was taking images from Instagram and was doing exactly what Warhol did, sort of manipulating them and said, and was selling it for twenty dollars and $30,000. He was like, oh, no, no, no. I, he said, I, I, I manipulated it, so not the original piece. And then people don't even realize they're turning over their actual rights to their own photos when they set up a lot of these social media folks. 
Right. It's a shame. And people just don't know, probably haven't gotten their stuff copyrighted. Luckily, Lynn Goldsmith, she's been in the game forever, done hundreds of album covers. So she had her stuff protected by copyright so she could even bring this lawsuit. But just because people put that little stamp on the bottom that says this is a fair use, right. no copyright infringement intended, does not mean that you have the right to do whatever you want to to it. No, the original person who made it has the only right to say that you can change this, that you can modify it, that you can make a derivative work of it. See, one of the things that, that bothers me, and you've seen this before, where you, where you have some entertainers who were posting an image that was shot mm -hmm. of them, and the, and the photographer's like, uh, they're trying to sue the artist, and the artist's like, I'm sorry, hold up. That's me. You don't get, how, how are you gonna profit off of me because you shot me when it's me? We talked about that. Yeah, that's what we talked about, Roland. We yep. talked about that with uh, Nas yep. and uh, Jay-Z and the photographer suing. And the thing is, people, to your point, IP is very tricky. The difference between trademark, copyright, rights to publicity, name, image, likeness, they are all different things. And it would be really messy if uh, Prince's estate <laughs> got involved in this as well to say that you're profiting off of his name image likeness and he only sat for this one photo but I know that's not I know that's not a part of the case but but but, 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 that, but that could happen yeah it could I it mean, absolutely could and they wouldn't be wrong for coming to get their coins I mean in fact in fact uh the, the king estate uh one of the things I mean I remember remember when uh Bernice King was head of the Coretta Scott King estate her brother was head of the MLK estate, and when she wanted to publish a book with Barbara Reynolds of letters from her mama, uh, her brother went after her and sued by saying, because daddy wrote the letters, that's the MLK estate's letters, and she's like, wait, but the letters were the mama. So even though she was over the Coretta Scott King estate, he asserted rights over those letters because they were written by MLK. Again, if you are the creator, you are the owner of the copyright. Now, it's messy and unfortunate that siblings sued each other, right? But yes, when you are the creator of something, you are the owner of it. And then copyright registration is what gives you the right to enforce in court when somebody steals your stuff. But yeah, just because you have something in your possession, just because you copied and pasted it from Google, just because you downloaded it, you screenshotted it, doesn't make it yours to, to remake. Okay, so um, before I go to questions, panel, each question, uh, we need to be quick. So how do, okay, so I shoot a lot of video. I shoot a lot of photos. So what does a person do? Do you have to, do you have to copyright each specific photo? What do you have to do? I mean, how do you protect yourself? There's multiple ways you can protect yourself. Sure, if they're one-offs, you can go copyright.gov and file your copyright for the individual pictures. But if you have a series of pictures, a collection of pictures, the Copyright Office does allow you in one application to file for a collection of photographs, and the fees are as cheap as $65. But if you don't have that registration, people always talk about a poor man's copyright, and they're like, oh, well, I mailed it to no, myself. No. Or I have the, no, no, you need to file it with the Copyright Office because they will kick you on out of court and tell you to go file it and come back. Question, Lauren, you're first. 
Yep. Uh, so I'm a contract photo photographer for Associated Press. So of course I've been a little bit more aware of copyright than most people. You probably remember Shay the Shep Ferry case with the Obama Hope Hope poster, yep. where you know, you know the artist got busted because of course it was an AP photo. But I want to know what you think about you know elected officials who are typically not their image and likeness is not really. Uh, like a celebrity in terms of they are typically in, of course, public spaces where copyright is not the same, that it's usually open. Have you noticed that there's an infringement now? They're trying to basically change that. Donald Trump did with these NDA, with these uh, uh, basically agreements that staff could not take the content of what they were working on and make money off him. Uh, are you seeing that more with elected <laughs> officials? Uh, because celebrities, I can understand, but elected officials are starting now to get a little funny about uh, their image and likeness. Are you seeing but that? But you have to see that Donald Trump still sees himself as a celebrity. He, he right. doesn't even care that he was president. Like, that's just another step on his his walk right. to fame, his right. ascension to the ultimate fame he's looking for. So he's still keeping those celebrity rules in his mind. You are absolutely right. correct that most of the time when you are in a celebrity setting, if you work for somebody, if you're a nanny, an assistant, right. you are definitely signing an NDA saying you are not about to go take my business and go make a tell law book about it. But if you are the president, think about um, uh, President Obama's photographer. I can't think of what his name is right now. It's like on the tip of my tongue. I want to say Peter Salza. Uh, yeah, 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 he just recently published a book, right? Um, uh, Yara, who was on Blackish, her dad was Prince's photographer. I think that he published a coffee table book of images of yeah. Prince, right? There are certain circumstances where you are granted access, and via that relationship with that person, you can release commercial work that benefits you. But when you are a politician, when you are a public figure, you are what's considered newsworthy. And typically, no, you can't just make people sign NDAs. It, right. Because you're in the public eye. Right. Well, first of all, and like one of the things that Oprah did, when she had photographers who were hired, when she had her show, uh, her, her television show, she hired them and she owned the photographs. Her, her deal was, I'm paying you to shoot, I own all the images. In fact, when I did, this is quick, when I did her radio show on Sirius XM, I was the guest. They gave me a copy and said, I could not uh, even air or play or do anything with the show without their permission yep. and I was the guest. Uh, yep. <laughs> and so other folks try that, that ain't gonna happen. Uh, Julianne, what's your question? <laughs> um, sister, I, I was read the Supreme Court filing and it just seemed to me to be very weak. As you said earlier, they kept saying, because Warhol is famous, because he's done this before, because he's done it before. And it didn't seem to me hold any, to hold any water. Is this case likely to really—is the Supreme Court really going to hear it? And what's likely to happen? Because, again, I'm not no, a lawyer. No, they're hearing it. They're hearing it. They, they heard it. They heard they, it. We are waiting on a decision, actually. So well, they heard it— um, there are really great audio clips of Clarence Thomas actually talking about how he was a Prince fan, was a Prince fan in the 80s. Uh, he said only on Thursday nights now that he's a fan. But we're just waiting on a decision right now. And it is huge. Dr. Malvo, the Supreme Court hasn't really talked about this since the two live crew case. I'm not sure if you remember the yep. two live crew pretty woman <laughs> case. 
where was this transformative? And that's the argument that they're making. They're saying, well, we cropped Prince's body out. They put painting on him. It was a mask. It changed the messaging. And Goldsmith is saying, listen, art is subjective anyway. People get multiple messages from the same picture all the time. So you just can't come and say, because you're famous, I changed the meaning. Right. It's transformative and fair use. Uh, and again, uh, Luther Campbell won that lawsuit. Yep. And people, people forget, he wrote about it in his book, Michael Jackson actually filed an amicus brief against Luther Campbell, uh, and many other artists did as well, because they didn't want people making, mocking their songs. Uh, McConnell, real quick, what's your question? My question is for us in the social media space, do we completely give up all of our rights forever for things that we post, that they can do whatever they want? Is that still the case today? The assumption is when you post something on an Instagram or a TikTok that you are giving them a license and therefore other users a sub-license to maybe repost. Think about Instagram has a, a remix um, where they're encouraging people to remix your work. So understand where you are uploading your content is going to dictate what other people can do to it. If you do not want other people to modify your content, then it is best served on maybe a platform like a Vimeo or YouTube where you can enforce your copyrights and you can enforce the fact that you don't want others to modify. But the important step there keeps going back to file your copyright registration. All right, then. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Roland. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. Got to go to a break. We come back. A sister, she survived a heart attack. She'll give you details on what to look out for. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Blackstone Network. On the next Get Wealthy with... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. 
Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, we've seen the headline. Major tech companies laying off. Google, Facebook, Twitter, just to name a few, and tens of thousands have been laid off as a result. On the next Get Wealthy, we take a look at what it means to recession-proof your career in tech. Joining me will be Kanika Tober, and she's going to be sharing exactly what you need to do to turn anxiety into achievement. Shifting our mindset to thinking that only opportunities exist in big tech is something that we're going to have to like shift fast because there's so many opportunities that are out there that we have to change the way we were thinking about our careers. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Pull up a chair, take your seat, The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network every week. We'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. Hey, I'm Antonique Smith. Hello, everyone. It's Kiara Sheard. Hey, I'm Taj. I'm Coco. And I'm Lily. And we're SWV. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Nearly 60% of black women, folks, uh, ages 20 to older, suffer from heart disease. The American Heart Association says cardiac arrest kills more people worldwide than all forms of cancer, influenza, pneumonia, auto accidents, HIV, firearms, and house fires combined. But one out of 10 of those who experience cardiac arrest survive. Joining us now is linguist uh, Dr. Lanisha uh, Adams uh, from Austin. Uh, tell us about how she survived sudden cardiac arrest. First of all, glad to have you here. Uh, in more ways than one. So um, women, you know, women experience it different from men. So what happened with you? Yeah, so hi, so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I um, had COVID pneumonia and I didn't know that I had COVID pneumonia. Uh, my children, I have a two and a four year old and my entire family uh, came down with COVID. I was the sickest of everyone. And for about two weeks, just completely out of it. Like, I, I don't recall doing much other than waking up to go to the restroom and drinking water. Uh, after three weeks, I started feeling better, and I sat down to uh, watch something on TV, and then I woke up in the ICU. Wow. So you don't recall feeling anything? You don't recall blanking nope. out? Nothing? Nothing, no. And actually, um, nine out of 10 people who suffer cardiac arrest end in fatality, and m the majority of them don't have symptoms. And how I was able to survive 
was my husband, my wonderful husband, David Foss. He performed CPR and he's CPR certified. He's in the health profession and he was able to revive, take quick action to go through the process of CPR to revive me. And then the um, emergency responders came and had to work on me for about half an hour before I was transported to our nearest hospital. Wow. Uh, and again, um, you know, w w when you've been doing your research there, uh, again, the, the symptoms that we've heard um, really vary in terms of, for, so, so for some women, it, it may actually, they actually may experience it, you know, a tingling or whatever over a period of several days before something actually happens. Yes, I had no uh, symptoms. In fact, the day that it happened, January 29, 2022, so I'm just now over the one year anniversary, I was in a coma for about a week. I was in the ICU for two weeks. But the day that it happened, I felt, I, I journal quite a bit. And I remember writing that compared to how I felt at the beginning of the year when I got COVID, that was, I felt the best that day, actually. Uh, I was very happy. My sense of taste and smell came back and I physically felt so good. And I, it, it turns out I had COVID pneumonia and uh, as a result of that, my heart uh, was, my systems were overloaded. My heart stopped. I didn't have a heart attack, which is different than a sudden cardiac arrest. Um, and I, I need to be revitalized to, to make it back. Uh, and we also know that, I mean, uh, you know, one of the issues that we've heard with, with COVID, uh, an increase in heart attacks, things along those lines, doctors are still, uh, you know, assessing the long-term implications of folks uh, who have had COVID. Uh, and so this is something that uh, is being talked about in many medical circles. Absolutely. And I, I've been tracking the data quite a bit, you know, um, for women over 20 years and older black women, we uh, have a rate. 60% of us uh, suffer from cardiovascular disease of some kind. Hypertension, you know, high blood pressure is the leading cause of it. There's a lot of question about it. I, earlier today, I was watching your obesity, uh, the special on obesity, which I think is very important for people to understand is not a medical condition. And it is a medical condition and not a behavioral issue, which historically it's been perceived as such. And I think when we're talking about our demographic of people and, and what we suffer from, it's very important to think not just about individual choice, but also the systemic and political factors that impact, you know, health outcomes. I mean, this is so important. And uh, for me, I, I think about it every day now. Now I have a heart condition that I have to manage and maintain. And uh, long COVID for me means something quite different than just a cough uh, or, you know, a small symptom. I mean, I have to have to do a lot of things to, to make sure I'm healthy and I'm able to still live a full life. Uh, questions for our panel. Julian, you first. Well, first of all, I'm so happy that you're here with us. Uh, congratulations on your recovery. The question that I have for you is, um, what warnings, are, are there any warning signs that someone would have about cardiac arrest or it just happens? And that means you can't prepare for it, can't do anything about it. Just help me out with that. Yeah, I think well, my cardiologist, he, he often helps me put things into perspective. And he says, you know, you want to be as heart healthy as possible, right? So being heart healthy means uh, staying physically active, being physically fit. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So the only time I've ever been in the hospital was to give birth. And uh, so I, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around it, someone who's under 40, having had this happen to. 
but I think it's important to just stay on top of being heart healthy and mo monitoring your health, being preventative before things get into a situation. COVID, you know, is the mysterious uh, factor here uh, for a lot of us. It affects us in a, in a terrible way. And for some of us, um, you know, for black folks, we, we died at an alarming rate, two and a half to three times higher than other groups. So we really just have to stay steadfast with monitoring our, our health. Lauren? So, yeah, jumping off of Dr. Malvo's question, so you were sitting down and watching TV and then went to cardiac arrest, and they, did they ever determine that it was directly related to COVID, or was that just the obvious assumption and, and everybody moved on after that? Yeah, my cardiologist, uh, that's his determination, and there's quite a bit of research that is coming out about how um, COVID can cause my condition, which is called dilated cardiomyopathy. It means I have a damaged heart, and COVID has been shown to cause that. I, I don't have any genetic markers for it. No one in my family has uh, heart issues. And so I had I gave birth two years ago, and I wasn't screened for it. So it is kind of a mysterious thing, and my cardiologist thinks it's a direct result of COVID. Amakongo? Thank you so much, Dr. Adams, for your advocacy and, and raising the alarm on this. My question is, for somebody who, when we talk about strokes, people talk about the signs, someone grabbing their, you know, left side and stuff. Are there signs that people should look for if somebody next to them might be experiencing it? You know, do, do their eyes start to change? Does the breath, like, what could we do to maybe pay attention if it's happening to someone right next to us? If the breath changes, if you know, um, what I was told was, and asked, you know, did you have shortness of breath? Did you start feeling faint? Did you feel like you were going to keel over? And the only thing I recall, uh, like I said earlier, writing my journal, is that I felt really great, and I wanted to rest in that moment. And I was just with my um, two-and-a-half-year-old son. My husband went to get a pizza, and it was lights out for me. All right, then. Uh, well, first of all, uh, we are glad that you're here. Uh, you're absolutely right, uh, folks. Uh, must be very vigilant. Uh, there are many of us who do uh, have the signs. A lot of people ignore those signs, uh, and they just sort of just plow through. Uh, the reality is if you, if, you, if you have that sensation or that, that pounding of the chest, uh, things along those lines, seek immediate attention uh, because you better be safe than sorry. Absolutely. Doc, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks, got to go to break. We come back. Creed sets all sorts of records. Big ups to Michael B. Jordan. I'll explain coming up next. And also, there's a bunch of crazy people out here. Boy, I got some, some nutcase stories for you. I'll cover those next. Uh, I was supposed to do it on Friday. My daddy keeps texting me, talking about his time for these stories. I'm like, I got you, all right? It's my show. I got it. And, also, and Anthony, just so y'all know, y'all, he didn't know who the hell Two Live Crew was. Can't stand these damn millennials. We'll be back. I'm Dr. Jackie here on A Balanced Life, and I've got a pop quiz for you. Who are you? Where are you? And how are you doing? These are three important questions that you should be asking yourself every day. I can't be authentic with you if I'm not being authentic with myself. I know who I am and I know whose I am. And when you know that, you're unstoppable because you're going to show up as your authentic self no matter the room that you're in. Discovering the true you and the culture around you. That's next on A Balanced Life on Black Star Network.
Next on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. We featured the brand new work of Professor Angie Porter, which simply put, is a revolutionary reframing of the African experience in this country. It's the one legal article everyone, and I mean everyone, should read. Professor Porter and Dr. Felicia Watkins, our legal roundtable team, join us to explore the paper that I guarantee is going to prompt a major aha moment in our culture. You crystallize it by saying, who are we to other people? Who are African people to others? Governance is our thing. Who are we to each other? The structures we create for ourselves, how we order the universe as African people. That's next on The Black Table, here on The Black Star Network. everyone, I'm Godfrey, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, and while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. Michael B. Jordan, huge weekend for him and the movie Creed. Let me tell you how big uh, a weekend it was. Of course, uh, it debuted this weekend. Come on, roll a video, y'all. It debuted this weekend. Y'all slow, let's go, move it. It debuted this weekend, y'all, and this is how huge it was. It was a $58.6 million weekend, 100 million worldwide, the biggest opening of any Creed or Rocky movie, the biggest opening ever for a sports movie, the biggest opening ever for a black director in their directorial debut, the biggest opening ever for a movie produced by Amazon. So absolute shout out to Michael B. Jordan, uh, his, a team, his team at Obsidian Works, uh, Renee Spellman, all the partners there. Uh, they did an amazing job promoting the movie. And so give it up for Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan. Again, a hell of a pairing there, folks. And so Creed Three, amazing, amazing. And so just want to give that shout out uh, to the brother who's doing amazing, amazing work. All right, y'all. Uh, my daddy keep texting me for these damn stories. We suppose I'm like, look, you hit me one more time. It's gonna make me cuss. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Chris Rock. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all, all right, let's get right to it. We got our crazy, we got a whole list of crazy stories. But check this one out. A Republican lawmaker in Florida, it's always Florida, literally has introduced a bill that would eliminate the state's Democratic Party. Yep, yep. His name is Blaze uh, in Goglia. He proposed State Bill 1248, or the Ultimate Cancel Act, requiring the state's division of elections to cancel the filings of any political party whose platform had previously advocated for or been in support of slavery or involuntary servitude. The bill would allow any canceled political parties to re-register with the Florida State Department, but only under the condition that the party changes its name. He said the new bill is designed to get back at Democrats and leftist activists trying to cancel people and companies for things they have said or done in the past. Um, um, Lauren, anybody want to remind this fool which party today supports Confederate monuments? <laughs> well, you see, this is the this is the extension of the Republican Party strategy, basically to win elections by doing something other than convincing people to vote for them. So. In Florida, they've actually been doing well, the Republican Party lately, but they're so afraid of losing, you know, by having 
like actual vote counts and actual, you know, polling places where we like count the votes and do democracy, that they just come up with crazy stuff like this. And that's what they do. Okay, here's crazy. A former Atlanta, yes, Atlanta fire chief has suggested that slavery was a part of God's plan for America. This speech took place at a Georgia Department of Labor event. Yep, Kelvin Cochran, who caused controversy for his perceived homophobia, was invited to speak at a Black History Month celebration hosted by the Georgia Department of Labor. This dumbass took the opportunity to explain how America was a part of God's divine plan. Listen to this. Always has a reason for the things that he allows. Yeah. Listen to this. Brace yourselves, my black brothers and sisters. Slavery in America did not catch God by surprise. In his sovereignty, God, listen, allowed Africans to be brought to America as slaves. Africa was on the eve of social, spiritual, and economic catastrophe and famine. Still going on today. So he brought six million Africans to America through the Middle Passage as slaves. Just as it was God's divine plan to enslave the nation of Israel, it was his sovereignty that allowed Africans to be brought to America in bondage. Okay. You know, I might have to call it this segment, this motherfucker. Um, Cochran was fired as fire chief in 2015 after concerns were raised over the book, Who Told You That You Were Naked? He gave to his subordinates. He later won a $1.2 million wrongful termination settlement against the city and former mayor, Kasim Reed. Um, Amakonga, I don't know what the hell that fool talking about. <laughs> this is the stuff that people should be outraged about, talking about all of the stuff relating to comedians. Th th that this man would, man, that this man would get up there and, and, and preach this ignorance and this nonsense and people in the crowd reacting to it. This is the stuff that's dangerous, Roland, because we have people like this every day in all walks of life, in our schools, in our churches, in our communities, spouting this ignorance and just factually wrong on everything. Everything from Africa the, as a continent was uh, was uh, dealing with major instability at that time to the, up to the idea about that, that God allowed it. And we're talking about everything going on in Ron DeSantis and, and banned books and so on and so forth. And here you come with this man basically giving credence to everything that these white folks who are out there trying to destroy our history and remove our culture, he's justifying it by basically saying we were savages before we got here, and thank God that they got us out of that dark continent. And this type of conscientious stupidity is rampant, and we and I'm glad you showed this because it should remind folks that it's not just the DeSantis's of the world who are trying to actively disrespect and disregard our history. And for what, Roland? People in the audience should have shut that down, but I'm glad we're here to do it now. Yeah, I would have cussed his ass out right there. I'm just letting everybody Definitely. know. All right, y'all. A Tennessee lawmaker is apologizing for suggesting hanging by a tree to execute death row inmates. Yeah, watch this. Thank you, Representative Powers, for bringing this. I think it's a very good idea. And I was just wondering about... Uh, could I put an amendment on that? It would include hanging by a tree also. And uh, and also, uh, I would like to sign on to your bill, sir. Um, Paul Sherrill made the comments during a House Criminal Justice Committee meeting Tuesday. Um, 
Now remember, they are talking about creating, allowing firing squads to take place. Uh, he has apologized, so he released this statement here. Uh, Y'all flash it, I ain't reading that bullshit. Uh, Julian. I just have to exhale. 5,000, about 5,000 black folks and maybe more were hung by trees. This spit is repugnant. And he's a legislator. Somebody needs to start a recall election on his hind parts. I mean, and it, I'm trying very hard not to curse, Roland. Trying very hard not to curse. Because that's some ignorance. In fact, um, Tennessee had the eighth highest recorded number of lynchings of innocent was, black people between 1882 <laughs> and 1968. Tennessee was the home of Ida B. Wells where they ran her out of there simply mm -hmm. because she chose to fire, tell the fire bombed her newspaper the reason there is not today a, a actual copy for a newspaper they blew up the building and so this man i mean he 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 i guess he's in the land of cotton and he's happy to be there but this is why this is why we must have black history it's why we must have ethnic studies. It's why we must teach our young people the truth. And if it's not being taught in the public schools, we must advocate for it to be taught in the public schools. But we must also teach our young people at home, in our churches, wherever we can. The sororities and fraternities need to be teaching our young people. There's so many folks that need to do this because it is absurd. It is literally absurd and it's, it's repugnant. My mom, when my mom passed um, in 21, I inherited 10,000 books. One of my sisters got her music. But anyway, I got the books, 10,000 books. That's the environment I grew up in. So right. I didn't need anybody to tell me about racism. I had read about it as soon as I could read. Right. But a lot, of, a lot of our young people are growing up in homes without books. Yep. Are growing up and, with, and, and, with and not, they and not, can't tell. Yep, and not understanding that full history. Now, let me show y'all this here. If y'all want to see racism, how about this here? Brothers are actually scraping snow. This racist-ass white woman didn't want, she kicked the snow back on the sidewalk. <laughs> you seriously mad because we cleaned off your sidewalk? Your sidewalk? So you mad because we cleaned off your sidewalk? Don't trespass that line. I don't need to. I We're helping you. We're like, you mad because we cleaned off your sidewalk? Mess around with this one. We we cleaned off your sidewalk. It's this it's a public sidewalk. We cleaned it off for you. With jelly, there, jelly and tanya. Hey, are you that upset? What Jesus do? If you're real, if you're a real Christian, you have to be. I don't Call the police. Yes, I will. So you calling? What are you calling the police for? That's trespassing property. Put them, put them on speaker. This is the sidewalk. This is a public sidewalk. Put them on speaker. This is a public sidewalk, ma'am. I don't know if you own this home. Oh, video is seven sidewalk. minutes. Let, let me be real clear. I am not going to reason that long with a racist-ass white woman. Ain't going to happen. Lauren, she want her damn snow. I'm like, all right, script that shit yourself. This is what I'm doing. I, 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 apparently, she had been harassing them and threatening them for 15 years. That's well, a long she's got time living next to a living next door to a bigot. Yeah, how about that? I mean, I just 
I, I just think some of these windows into American life, though interesting, are not, you know, thank God, not representative of most people. I mean, yeah. it's just they're, they're crazy people out there. There's crazy people out there, and they're easy to get on video. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's petty. Uh, I would have just, like, gone on to the next thing and, and really not cared. But it, it, it is a... Some of these things are very interesting and scary look into human nature right. and uh, racism in America. Hey, I told y'all when I was in the Chicago airport and I want to sit down at that shoe shine stand and a homeboy acted a fool and cussed me out. And I was like, I'm sorry, who you talking to? I was like, I'm worried about it. I'm going to get the airport police. Then he, and he changed his tone. And I literally told him, I said, man, you lucky I got grace today. I said, because I could have pulled my phone out, went live, and would have lit your ass up. See, again... I ain't giving no grace to any of these bigots. And so my whole deal is, uh, right, let the snow pile up. Well, you know what I would do? I would literally see them get some tape and mark it off and just have a big old, just a block of ice on her damn sidewalk. And I'm serious. If she was walking and she fell, I'd be like, she fell down. She can't get up. <laughs> All right, y'all. I got to go. Uh, over cargo, Lord, uh, Juliana, I certainly appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Uh, we got to get out of here. Anthony got to take his ass home and go learn some black history because uh, the boy is confused. I don't understand what's going on. I've already decided. I'm going to start doing 100 questionnaire, 100 questions on black stuff. Anybody who go has to get come through this show, going to at least make an 80 out of 100 because, my God, the boy didn't know who Jeffrey Osborne was. He don't know huh? to lie, crew, Julian. He, we said, I say, Lord, Lord, Lord. He didn't know what the hell movie that was. <laughs> he had Let no idea about glory. Let me just have 25 hours with him. I'll get him straight. No, no. <laughs> I got to go. I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. Ho! Oh, hold up. My nieces, my twin nieces, today's their birthday. Happy birthday. I'm out. Hey. Folks, Black Star Network is this. Oh, no punches! A real uh, revolutionary right now. Like, Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. I thank you for being the voice of Black America, Roller. Hey, I love y'all. All momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Pull up a chair. Take your seat. The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. I'm Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, and my new show, Get Wealthy, focuses on the things that your financial advisor and bank isn't telling you, but you absolutely need to know. 
So watch Get Wealthy on the Black Star Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 